The first and best victory is to conquer self. Welcome to the Conqueror Approach, a journey of self-mastery. To cultivate our mind, body, spirit, financial literacy, and allow our light to shine upon the world. Brought to you by me, your host, U.S. Navy submarine veteran and entrepreneur, Musa Mikkel. Let's conquer. Thank you for joining me on another episode. I'm so grateful to have you here and tuning in. And this episode is going to get a little deep. So we're going to go real deep. We're going to go deep into one of the greatest hinders to our success. And that is our own self-limitations and our self-confidence. But before we get started, we got to get started with a nice quote. So, go... As far as you can see, when you get there, you'll be able to see farther. End quote by Thomas Carlyle. Uh, and when I heard that quote, it made, it made sense. A lot of times we get so overwhelmed with trying to be at the finish line or achieve a certain goal or be a certain person that we haven't developed ourselves to the point where we can truly achieve that because it takes time it takes steps it takes it's a sequential order to achieve certain success and it's hard to compare ourselves to someone who's incredibly great or has been doing something for many years who has already achieved that and we get overwhelmed with that idea because we're starting from scratch or we're starting from point one and we're comparing our our chapter one to somebody's chapter 40 right we can't compare ourselves to someone who's been doing it for many years because clearly if they've been putting the work in for many years they have an advantage and we can learn from that we can learn from that. But it's all about taking the first step. Because all growth happens outside your comfort zone. And taking the first step is the most important and the most challenging because of our self-doubt. All the negative things we tell ourselves, all that negative talk on why we can't, why we're not as good as someone else, or we're not enough, or we're not good enough, or we're not skilled enough, that is what limits us. That is our greatest limitation. So we're going to go a little bit back. We're going to go a little bit back to my journey as a submariner in the Navy. And I talked a little bit about it in the first episode, but I want to go into it a little bit deeper because I was deeply afraid of my journey as a submariner. I was really afraid. I did not want to be on a submarine. I was just so scared of you know, being cut out from the world, being stuck in a tube, you know, I was starting to develop my own claustrophobia, just of thinking of it, uh, even though I haven't really experienced it. So when I went after boot camp, I shipped out to the submarine school in Connecticut, 
and they forced us to go take a look and tour submarines. And I remember the first time I walked on the submarine, and I was just like, hell no, there's no way I'm doing this. And I tried to quit. I tried to quit because of my fear. That's all it was. I was afraid to take that step. I was afraid to go out my comfort zone because I had no idea what to expect and what I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't want to spend a few months, you know, in a tube. It was just, I was telling myself all this stuff like, uh, I'm not going to be able to talk to anyone outside. I'm not going to have any sunlight. I love outside. I love being outside. I love nature. I can't get none of that. I can't have any freedom to go anywhere, do this, do that. And I scared myself to the point where I went and talked to the chaplain on the base. And I was just like, I told him, like, there's no way I could do this. I'm too, I'm, I'm claustrophobic. <laughs> I told him that. I, and I believed that at the time because I was so caught up in my fear of, of doing this that I told him I was claustrophobic. And I felt claustrophobic because I was, I was actually pretty scared when I went down there and walking through. It was very narrow and very cramped. It's very small, the submarine's. And I was just like, there's no way. It was so outside my comfort zone, right? It's so out, outside of your nice queen bed, you know, nice room or whatever, you know, your own TV or car or whatever. You have all this freedom. You have all these things, you know, go outside whenever. You can do all this stuff whenever. And then to, you know, commit the, the commitment of doing this for four years or so going underway, spending however many months I needed to, whenever the boat did, I was going to do, that scared me. But at a certain point, I went back on the submarine again, and they they took someone down to observe me, to see how my body language was, and my, you know, see if I was showing the signs of claustrophobia and all these things. And then that's when I realized, you know, after talking to that psychologist, I realized, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't really that scary, but it was just the stories I kept playing in my head the whole time. It was just my fear that I was focusing on. I was focusing on my unfamiliarity with being on a submarine vice an opportunity to do something different, to do something that most people will never ever experience in their life. You know, to make it a journey of 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 working on myself, right? A, a test of how much I can accomplish and and bettering myself physically and mentally and emotionally throughout those years. And then I accepted it. This is where, you know, once I went down with them and I, I realized, you know, claustrophobia is is all in your head. I mean, any fear really is. Um, I had no trauma with claustrophobia. I wasn't ever trapped in a trunk of somebody's car or something. So I had no real reason to have claustrophobia besides my fear of doing it. So I surrendered to it. And then I told them, you know what, I don't think I'm really claustrophobic. I think I was just in my head. And they observed me and I felt like I could do it. And I was just, you know, I accepted my fate at that point that I was going to be on a submarine 
after I graduated the submarine school. And I surrendered to it. I just, you know, at that point, I was just like, okay with it. I, I wasn't really worried about it anymore. And I just focused on what I can control at that time was just my studies and being uh, you know, the best I can be and the healthiest I can be. And that was truly the most uh, growth-centered time of my life, those four years where I was attached to the submarine. Actually, the whole five years, because the year I was training in Connecticut, there was a lot of growth there. Because I've never lived away from home at that you know, until then. And I was learning all these things. I was learning more about myself and my fear and, and growing outside my comfort zone. And that's why I looked at it. I was just, I, I surrendered. I was like, this is outside my comfort zone. That's why I'm afraid. And then once I surrendered, that's when my confidence increased. You know, and that, that I think is the most important lesson I got out of this was surrendering shows up. You can surrender in all areas of your life. And I'm not saying surrendering as in, you know, giving up, right? I wasn't giving up on anything. It was the opposite. Once I surrendered, I was not giving up anymore. Surrendering to what is out of your control. And a fear is something that can be controlled. You know, it's it's something that you can change. You can change your state. You could reframe the way you think. Because most fear, as we know, is not true. It's all made up. You know, Zig Ziglar says false evidence appearing real. That's what fear is. And it's, I believe that. There was no, no real evidence to show me that I was going to, you know, suffocate on this submarine. <laughs> but why was I afraid? Why, was I, why did I believe I was claustrophobic? And we do that and we self-sabotage every area of our life this way. This what the fear is what diminishes our self confidence, and you know this is another reason why I feel like everyone should get out of their hometown, you know, explore different parts of the world. Even if you don't live there, you have to experience different places, different cultures, because you need a you need a, a broader perspective of life. That it's not all your small town living because you grow up your entire life in this small town or any town and that's all you know that's your way of life that is the culture you know but once you start seeing different parts of the world meeting different types of people and and doing things that you're not used to it challenges you to grow you put yourself in a position where there's no other option but to grow all growth is on the other side of fear, familiarity, and our comfort zone. And anytime we do anything new, we're not going to be that good at it. Once we go somewhere new, it's going to be interesting. If you've never been anywhere, if you've never traveled, if you've never lived anywhere besides your one hometown, I urge you to because the lessons you get from experiencing life are much greater than anything you'll see on TV, on social media, in a book. Or maybe not everything in a book. Books have some some deep stuff. So maybe not books. Because books, you can learn a lot from everyone else's experiences. So that's really it. Developing that 
understanding of when your fear is limiting you. Because there's nothing that you truly can't do. Whatever gift you have, whatever dream you have in your heart, it's there because you already are equipped to achieve that. You're already equipped to get to that level. It might not happen overnight, and it's going to take time, but you have what you need to achieve that. So what really stops us? How do we not have self-confidence knowing we have everything we need? If we're fully equipped, why would we still lack self-confidence? And that's, that's where the fear comes into place. And professional athletes, let's a, a simple, simple sport, let's say basketball. We can compare ourselves to LeBron James. And then we can go outside, play basketball and realize, wow, I'm really not that good. You know, you know, I can never play basketball like LeBron James because I suck. I can't make a layup. I don't know. I can't shoot a free throw. But LeBron James here making, you know, 30 layups a game, whatever. You're comparing yourself to someone who's been an elite professional who's mastered his craft for many years. And instead of me thinking, I can't be like LeBron James, clearly I can't because I'm way shorter and I'm just not as gifted physically. But if I was a gifted athlete, had the height, and, and I had the dream of playing professional basketball, if that was truly in my heart, I would look at someone like LeBron James and learn, well, how is he doing this? How does he... Lay up. What's the form? What's how does how hard does he work? How much does he practice? How many coaches does he have? How does he eat? How does he stretch? How much water does he drink? And you learn, you learn and model these great people. That also develops your self-confidence. Whatever you want to do, whether it's writing a book, whether it's becoming a doctor, whether if you model who who's mastered this. You, def- you start learning the way to think through things. LeBron James didn't become LeBron James overnight. right? You can't start a martial art like jiu-jitsu and expect to be as great as a, bl- a 15-year black belt who mastered the art. They put in the work for 15 years. Same with any skill or business. Okay, and it's okay. It's okay to understand when you're starting something new, especially when you start working on your dream, that you're going to suck. It's okay. When you were born, you weren't great at walking. You sucked. You fell. You couldn't even walk. You crawled. You tumbled. You looked all goofy and uncoordinated. If anything bumped into you, you fall on your butt. You sucked, but until you got older and you started practicing how to walk and and developing that muscle and that coordination, now as an adult, you could rock pretty fine. But as long as you stay open and hungry to learn and you still have that desire, you have to go for it. And one of the biggest issues I have that I'm still overcoming is... 
being a perfectionist. And it's one of the greatest hindrance I face, and it still slows down a lot of the progress I make. But as I learn, and as I observe the best at anything, it's not about being perfect. Perfection is an illusion. Because no one's perfect. Even even masters at anything, a master of an art like jujitsu. We might look at them and see them as a master now, but that master is just a result of being a student of other masters for so many years. And we get caught up in trying to make things perfect before we start. And we might have heard the expression, if you wait until all the lights are green, you will never get to your destination. And that's what I was trying to do. Right? I was trying to do, you know, be be the best speaker, you know, be so uh, you know, influential, you know, have financial freedom. And then when I have all these things, all these lights that are supposed to be green before I start working on my dreams, that I would have never even started. Cause perfection is an illusion. It's all about progress. And progress on the journey of what you love and what you're passionate about is actually more important than the destination. You have to love the process. It's about the journey, not the destination. So ask yourself, what will progress me closer to who I need to become? What do I need to do and who do I need to become to achieve what I need? It's all about taking the first step. Now, a little exercise that helps me is recalling a time when you showed up a confident and accomplished something. How did that feel? And don't focus on the task itself, but the emotions and the feelings behind that. How did you feel and how did you show up? Because our dreams are so big that it's scary sometimes. And, we have, and we've, we've convinced ourselves that we can't instead of how can we. But we have to work from that dream, that goal, and break it down to its smallest form. Right? You might not be able to do 100 push-ups, but I, you could probably do one. And one is better than zero. And if you go 10 days doing one push-up... The 11th day, you'll probably be able to do two. And if you do that for 10 days, you'll probably be able to do three. And it's all about developing that habit, understanding that it's about the little decisions, the small choices we make over time. And we have what it takes to do amazing things once we get ourselves into action, which is the hard part. There's a great book by Darren Hardy called The Compound Effect, which exemplifies this very, very well. And it's one of my favorite books of all time. And The Compound Effect is small, smart choices. Over time equals radical results. So with that, start small, but most importantly, start. I love you. 
That is all for this episode. Thank you for tuning in. If you found any value in this episode, someone you know will also. Please share, subscribe, leave a rating and review so we can reach more people, have a farther ripple and a larger impact. Stay grateful. I appreciate you. And remember, you are a conqueror.